Hello and welcome to this month's episode of All Things Business, the podcast. We're joined by Jasmine Mbai, who's the founder of the Like Me CIC, Samantha Bradford, who's the founder of Simplicity Financial Planning, and Rachel Adams, who's a partner at DFA Law. On this month's episode, we'll be celebrating International Women's Day. Our guests talk with us about their own careers, what they'd like the world to look like for their own daughters in the future, as well as advice to young women starting out their careers. Thank you for joining me, ladies. Um, we are going to be celebrating International Women's Day. So let's just start by if each of you could just tell me a little bit about yourself. So we'll start over with Samantha. Okay, thank you. Well, I'm Sam or Samantha, but it's interesting. I, I used to always say, call me Sam, but have a Samantha on my business cards because in my profession as a financial advisor, a lot of people would expect me to be a man turning up at the door when it was when you go face to face and they'd sort of always look behind my shoulder to see where the real financial advisor was. So I've always put Samantha down from from forever now but but everybody tends to call me just Sam so yeah so who am I so I'm Sam as we now know (laughs) and I run my own business which is called Simplicity Financial Planning but I've been in um, financial planning and financial services for nearly 30 years and um, recently came out to set my own business up after working in very large financial institutions forever um, because I wanted to keep things simple for people to understand what I found was that we inherited made things complicated in our world and I was really clear that when I come out I want to actually provide a safe space for everybody to step into and ask any question about finances and not feel like they feel really small and then they can actually get confident about saving and investing for their future and their families. Lovely. Hey Rachel. Um, so yep Rachel Adams and I'm um, a sister and partner over at a firm just across the road, DFA Law in Northampton. Um, so I specialise in family law, so specifically um, divorce and finances. Um, so that's my my kind of area. So uh, love that, love making a difference, trying to make a difference to people at really what is usually their most kind of vulnerable period of time in their life, the most traumatic period of time. So get a lot of satisfaction um, from from that. So yeah. Same thing, try to make it simple. It can get really confusing Um, and it's overwhelming. It's something that we do every day. It's so easy when you do, you know, you know what you're doing and it's kind of, okay, it's nothing to worry about. But that doesn't help somebody who's going through it for the first time and all the anxiety and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, stress that goes with it. So it's not just about the legal process. It's about helping them get through that legal process and coming out stronger the other side. And Jasmine? Hi, so I'm Jasmine Mbai and I work with women and teen girls and ensuring that they can develop their confidence to take control of their lives and stop hiding away, wearing a mask so that they can show up more authentically, they can speak up more confidently and that they can allow their gifts and their abilities and talents and skills to just shine boldly. And I do that through speaking, training and coaching and it's my own business that I run doing that since 2018. Lovely. So just on that note, I'm going to jump straight in there because one of my questions is actually about the mask. Mm. So um, I was watching your Bedford TED talk and you spoke about the mask. Can you just explain this concept a little bit more for us and maybe suggest how that could apply to women in business? The mask. Uh, So the mask is, I think I link it to women in business, professional women, that kind of almost I have to be something. And it's I have to be something that isn't 
true to me, not necessarily that I'm not it at all, but I'm trying to be that thing all the time. And so as a woman in business, like feeling that I have to be maybe like perfect all the time, (laughs) I can't show my emotions, Mm -hmm. I can't have a bad day, you know, just this, I have to be what other people think I should be. And I think as women in business, it's about that societal pressure, you know, even simple things like years ago, I remember hearing about a campaign of, you know, should women have to wear heels? Why do women <laughs> feel that they need to? And sometimes it's this mask of I need to wear these heels, I need to have this power suit, whatever it be, to show up in a way that presents something that actually may not really resonate with who I am. And masks, I was having a conversation with someone recently, you know, they can be helpful at times, because you know, sometimes we wake up and think, oh God, I don't feel like it today. Be like, okay, here goes. You know, and you're a professional and you've got to be professional, but it's that kind of thing of, I know what I'm doing. I know I just need to get through the day and then I can come and be like, oh Lord, I'm falling apart. Whereas the mask is like almost that, for me anyway, that I'm actually not in control anymore. I'm now wearing this thing as if it's who I am. And I'm identifying with that and almost not aware of where I stop and the mask begins. And so that's what I was talking about in my TEDx talk. And I think as women in business, quite often we we feel that we've got to be, you know, because it's a man's world, you know, we've got to be like <laughs> yes. a man. So we have to be strong and we have to be this, rather than just being, you know, if we're caring, if we're, you know, compassionate, whatever our strengths or gifts, abilities and, you know, personality type may be, rather than just allowing that to come forth and still be a woman in business. We feel that we have to be something else to succeed. And I think that's how often women are showing up wearing a mask in business in particular and in the professional world. Yeah. Do you, either of you feel oh, like you've ever had to wear a mask? Completely. I, I came out the corporate world where I was in a male-dominated industry. I still am, to be mm. fair, but, mm-hmm. but I, because I run my own business now, I can show up how I want to show up. And then I started in January 2020 with the new business and actually then the pandemic hit, which was good because it really allowed me to to really reflect on what I wanted. Mm. So my, my previous life in the large financial organisation um, I was in, was I was in an all-male team. I was the only female financial planner in the country as well. So I really was surrounded by men Mm. um, to the point where in team meetings, we'd have people stand up and present and they'd go, so guys and lady. And it was, I felt that I was being singled out and Mm. I'd say, just call me guys. I don't, I can identify as a guy. It's Mm. fine. It was only when I went on a leadership program, a coaching program Mm. in the bank that I realized how masculine I'd become Mm. and that's what needed to change. And so rather than pursue the career development I was going for, I decided to actually be honest and say, I'm actually going to leave within the next 12 months. I don't know when. I need to get everything sorted. I need to know how I'm going to do it because obviously Mm. with the industry I'm in, it's very heavily regulated. So I needed to make sure I set everything up. And then I stepped out. I'm really glad I did. And I now have two advisors, me and my daughter, who's 26 this year. So both female financial advisors, mother-daughter practice. So I'm really proud of that. And two support staff, who are also both women. So we're an all, didn't design it that way, but we're an all-female business. And we have the dogs running around the office. We have chickens in the garden. I've built an office in the garden. But you're going to say in the office then. That would (laughs) come in from time to time. clients, now that things are opened up, they love coming in because Mm. they see a slice of something completely different to a traditional corporate style office where, Mm. especially when talking about finances, Rachel, you mentioned about the emotions that you're dealing with, with your clients. It's the same with money. People find it and 
incredibly emotive topic because they feel like they're going to get told off. So if they can come into an environment where they feel, yeah, colours on the wall, flowers. We have a candle. We burn a candle every day. And it's just those little touches Mm. that I think in a masculine world, I'm not being horrible about men at all, but it's, you know, Mm. there's places for different things. Mm. And some people want the the reassurance I suppose of a man turning up in a pinstripe suit and a flashy car but I don't feel that that's the type of client that I feel I'm going to serve best so yeah that's how I I find things so so with your mask there Mm. Jasmine you're absolutely right we do tend to as women feel we have to show up in in a certain way but I want to break those barriers down and show people that actually on the other side of that the client will feel more alienated if you do that they want the authenticity of who you really are Mm. it's quite interesting for so for me I think the mask I completely relate to what you're saying in terms of kind of being but for me sometimes the mask in terms of a work situation is actually quite helpful yeah because I do a lot with litigations you know Mm. contested proceedings contested um, financial proceedings so Mm. court-based work Mm. Um, so a lot of the correspondence is of a particular type. So I'm not talking about physically the mask, but yeah, I yeah. sort of mean, you know, the, the figurative, yeah, the metaphorical mm. mask. Um, it kind of helps because actually it's not at all um, who I am. I'm actually such a soft-natured um, person. I'm not at all this kind of hard-faced, um, you know, lawyer, litigator that people sort of see through correspondence. Mm. So it helps for me, um, I feel, to have that kind of almost that barrier because that isn't the real me. Mm. I can go in, I can do that, effectively Mm -hmm. and I know what I need to be doing and I know what I need to be saying um and I I don't necessarily mean with my clients I'd like to think it's very different for my clients Mm. um but certainly as far as sort of my persona for work is concerned Mm -hmm. um you know with the other side if you like to call them the you know the other side the opposition um but that isn't at all um who I am and so I have a really good I feel I have a good grasp of the fact that that Mm -hmm. isn't me That's because good. the real me actually um goes home and can't stop kissing and cuddling my girls and kind of you know <laughs> I'm actually really soft and sensitive and yeah. you know to, you know worry about things you know would hate to upset anybody which you yeah. know I think is the lot so it's not as though I'm some kind of ball breaker you know <laughs> I think people think that you are but you're just not and I think that's the power then because as I said the market really can benefit but it's just that like you said I know that's not me I know that has a time and a place yeah, exactly that and so you know when you can pull it on and then you're like oh come here little darling you know and you can be your your true self and I think that's where sometimes we can lose that um, Mm -hmm. because we play the role for so long or life happens and then we can forget that but I think when we do remember it exactly that we can employ it and empower ourselves with it it's it's interesting because since I took on my own business Mm. I started to learn or get interested I suppose in all different types of coaching interestingly Mm. I mean completely separate to what I do professionally but I've really enjoyed it so I started pursuing money coaching first of all and that's how I really understand why there's so much emotion tied up Mm. in these discussions I hadn't realized before but it led on to actually um coaching around energies mm-hmm. and one of the programs I've just completed um, is talks about soft energy soft power mm. I don't know whether any of you've heard this before but mm. it's really fascinating and now I see it everywhere with women in particular so it's mm. helping women get out of overwhelm and get out of feeling that they have to be this superwoman type yeah. character and even if you're not working professionally you're a mum you might see these people if you if you've got kids at school those people that are on the PTA and then there might be the the um charity person and they've got they've got to bake the buns for this and that that and the other and actually they're just continually in overwhelm all the time because they have to feel 
the need to be busy all the time mm. and all they're doing is actually burning out so mm. this mask that you've explained Rachel about where you need to actually put it on at certain times in your profession to give the reassurance to the clients you're representing we call that like a queen energy where you're actually stepping up okay. into the I queen and having yeah. your boundary you know you know you've got your realm here <laughs> yes. and you are doing it for your realm and it's that and we yeah. I talk to the girls in the office about this a lot mm. and, and they know it and they go you know what, Sam, you were really in your queen energy then when you were talking to that client. <laughs> and I love it. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah there's yeah. lots of different types of energies you can step into at the right that's time. Right. Warrior S might be someone that you want to get when you want to get things done quickly. Yeah, Short it. bursts there. Then you might want to be more of a mother type where you're actually softer mm. and able to really get onto someone's wavelength. That I could talk about it all day, but it's, it's uh, interesting it's though, isn't it? Just in terms that. of like knowing your boundaries and yeah. knowing what, you know, actually is appropriate for you at a given time and in a given yeah. moment so yeah, it's empowering rather than empowering, you know, anything else. Exactly. Yeah. and that's what I think is the key thing isn't it yeah. it's about being empowered so yes. a question I always encourage those I'm working with to ask is is this um, helping me is this serving me about just everything in life you know mm-hmm. wearing this mask is it serving me because if it is as you described it's serving me then great mm-hmm. but you know if you're doing something as you said and you're actually feeling tired because pretending that you're okay when you're not really you know all of that that's when it's not serving you Mm -hmm. so it's okay not to be okay of course Mm. you know everybody will have something in their life their history whatever it is that that means that things aren't okay and there are times Mm. that you need to take a step back and look at it and reflect and think okay and get some help if that's needed you know and it it's fine to accept that and I think it's such a it's a real change, even the last 10 to 15 years, I feel, that people now, it's it's acceptable to say that. Yeah. Whereas I do think for a long time, you know, wasn't, was it really? Just you just have to it? just, yeah, get on mm. with it. and Stiff up a lip. Yeah. <laughs> the Very, British way. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think the Americans have definitely stolen the the show when it comes to the amount of uh, professionals that can help you with different aspects of your mind. Mm. Funnily enough, actually, when I did money coaching, it was the American program that I plugged into. So there's okay. very few over here, and it's a very new area. People don't. People well, I go to an advisor to talk about my pensions or my investments. Yeah. What, do, what do you mean I need to understand how I actually feel about money? You know, but actually, it really impacts everything Hugely. in your life. Yeah. So at the core of everything, isn't it? How we feel, how we yeah. think. It's at the, it is at the core of everything we do, anything anyone does. Yes, yeah. So, and it's there's this stereotype that women being emotional is a negative thing. Mm. And it doesn't have to be. We're talking now and we're so aware of these, of these emotions mm. and put into practice, why should that be a bad thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Can allow you to connect. And something you were saying um, earlier, Sam, when you talked about, you know, you've got your chickens and stuff. <laughs> one of the perks, you mentioned about lockdown, I haven't started then. One of the perks, I think, for lockdown was it really brought the whole person. Yes. As much as we were a little box on the screen because we were Zooming, you know, meetings and everything like that, you actually got a little bit of an insight. You could peek into someone's home, you know? And so yes. I remember, like, doing networking meetings and you see this man in a pink bedroom. And I mean, everything behind <laughs> him is bright pink. So their daughter's bedroom. Daughter's bedroom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it was so nice because I actually you got to see this man as a man, a whole man. He's a father. Absolutely. He's not right. just a, mm-hmm. you know, a suit. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And so that was really lovely. And the little things like you know things that predominantly mums have been contending with for years which is the juggle you know your Mm, children and work and so you had not just mums now but obviously 
predominantly was mums, but not just mums going, oh, sorry, because you can hear their children in the background, because obviously the first lockdown, the kids were at home, mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as um, parents working from home. And so it just became a bit more like, do you know what? It's okay to be all of you, yeah. rather than yes. just that part of you allowing to be seen. Actually, this is who I am. I am a mother and a, a wife, and I am a professional, and I'm in this. I'm a dad. I'm a, you know, it was just Well, so because nice of the age of my children, so they're three and seven. They've mm. just turned three and seven. I So I still have Fridays um, that sort of, I'm, I'm working, I'm available, but I have the Friday with my three-year-old, because mm. she doesn't start school until next September, well, not even this September, the following September. Mm. Um, so I am often in the car, um, but I will take hands-free calls, clearly, <laughs> <Not> to <laughs> specify. Um, and, you know, I always, always sort of say, look, look, I have got a small person in the background. Um, yeah. And if you're happy with that, you know, and there's sort of generally, uh, mummy, uh, when are you going to be finished? <laughs> or, excuse me, mummy. So, you know, and I think it's, you know, people seeing that is, and, it, and it's good Indeed. to show that versatility, you know, it mm. doesn't always have to be office-based. You can, st- you can, do your job effectively in different ways. You don't yeah. have to be sort of, you know, in a completely quiet office with with no small people around. You know, that that's mm. part of who we are, you know. It's the charm of it and bringing the human side to mm. your profession. Yeah. And, and I think that's important if people, especially with what you do, if you're helping people with family law, then they want to see that you actually have a family mm, yeah. and understand it as well. Yeah, you and know. you can relate to exactly. what they're going through. Yeah. That connection, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny yeah. you say about where you can work from anywhere. One of the dreams I have, we did take ownership of a, of a camper van during lockdown and now things are opened up I said yeah I think I could get away with actually spending three or four days of the week in the camper van just traveling around beautiful locations as long as I've got a good wi-fi signal yeah. there shouldn't be any reason why not so um, I've yet like to do it, it but that's the plan <laughs> Simplicity is going to be on the road soon. So. <laughs> I like it. On the road. Road Coming trip. to a road trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just park up. Come on in. I have a table and a chair and a laptop. I'm <laughs> taking your daughter with you. And she can stay in the office. <laughs> Someone's got to look after the chickens. Yeah. Good point. And light that point. candle. Doctor come with me. Light that candle. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting that you do work with your daughter. I'm not sure how I'd fare yes. working with my mum. Mm, we How's talk that? about this a lot, actually. It's quite an interesting thing. Because um, recent, uh, when was it? Monday night. So my son turned 23 at the weekend. So we had a family night and extend, extended family came around for dinner. And it is different. We've, we talk about this, that actually the, the my daughter's called Rachel. Um, the Rachel that you get in family situation with board games and glass of wine in hand is very different Rachel to the one that's in the office Mm. and uh, she's very similar to me which is helpful and unhelpful all in the same (laughs) breath however (laughs) however I really like the way it's shaping because she's got energy and passion just as I have about helping people and educating people and being her age and she's mortgage qualified as well she's really keen to help support millennials looking to get onto the the property ladder and just education generally because let's face it who gives uh, education around how to invest into a pension or an, or an ISA at school nobody right. unless mm-hmm. advisors are willing to give up their time it's still you know, very very few and far between mm-hmm. so I have some of my clients and I'll mention it now when I when I talk to clients and say oh well, I've got Rachel in the office now and they'll say oh my daughter's at uni just coming out can she have a chat and she's absolutely fine with that so well, you must be very proud so, I mean that's mm-hmm. yes you know <laughs> to come that across. Is, yeah, you know that is young to be well no but you should be I mean that's really that's fantastic it's 26 to be you know 
qualified and following in your footsteps like that you know that you would think yeah I've done done something right if my daughter wants to help people in the same way that I have so oh, yeah and it was interesting her journey didn't start down the road of being an advisor it was actually to become, become a doctor so she went off to medical school oh, wow. and a year after starting medical school she realized it wasn't for her it wasn't all Holby City and casualty mm. it actually was really hard work <laughs> yeah. and uh, and she thought actually this is literally going to be life or death decisions I'm not sure this is really me mm. and um, decided to switch to economics not quite sure where she got from med- medic medical um, or medicine I should say to to being an economics graduate anyway she 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 did that and mm. then stayed in her university town and became a, a qualified well she joined an IFA firm became qualified after a couple of years. And lockdown was the reason why she ended up back in Milton Keynes again, where we where we live. And uh, she she decided that it was just, life was too short. She wanted yeah. to be closer to family. She was mm. in Norwich before, mm. so moved back. And then I had that decision to make. I just started the business. It was just over a year old. Do I employ her or do I send her somewhere else? And and in the end, I couldn't think of sending her anywhere else. I just, we created a way of making it work. And she's been with me best part of 10 months now. And I can't imagine her not being there now. So that's fantastic. The Medigold Health Group is one of the UK's most trusted occupational health and well-being providers, helping businesses to keep their people in work safe and well for over two decades. Delivering services including absence management, employee screening and mental health and well-being programmes to more than 2,500 clients looking after 3 million individual employees. Twice winners of the Big Business of the Year Award at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, Medigold Health are redefining corporate healthcare through their commitment to clinical quality and technological innovation and supporting businesses of all sizes to succeed in achieving their workplace wellbeing goals. Rachel, you've got two daughters. Yes. Um, like... I mean, it must be hard being a woman in the business world. What do you picture for them by the time that they're starting out on their careers? How would you like the world to look to them? I mean, Samantha's obviously witnessing her daughter in that now, but in the future, how, what would you like to see? I have absolutely no preconceptions for what I want for them other than to genuinely just to be happy with what they're doing. Um, I remember going for a work lunch where I where I last where I last worked, and there's a group of us um, that all just had children, um, various you know, sort of various differences mm. in age, and you know mm. perhaps a few years between them. Um, and I remember sort of them all saying, oh, you know, I'd like, you know, I'd like so and so to follow me and go into law, and somebody else said, well, we know they're, they're all kind of. Um, doctors or lawyers in my family so I would imagine that's you know and sort of everyone was saying sort of these professions and uh, I just remember sitting there said you know my daughter will probably be a pole dancer and I'll be quite happy as long as she's happy (laughs) and I was like you know as long as she's happy doing it Um, at that time she really did enjoy dancing around poles you know you take her to a playground and she's the one swinging herself around I was like I think that's a logical career choice for her might be able to make her a lot of money yeah Yeah. 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 I guess so and that's cool that's fine um oh, so goodness. I think I yeah I genuinely I have a so I am not focused on sort of um perfect my, my brother feels very differently to me and is very glad that he's the godfather that he gets these decisions to make that well hopefully you know he does have some control and my children aren't you know going to go oh, off on the wrong career path um but uh, no I do think you know as long as they're fundamentally happy mm-hmm. um I, I really couldn't ask for more and and actually 
they had, we had a parents' evening the other week, and the teacher said, you know, she's this is the eldest who's obviously started school. Um, you know, she's so kind and caring. And I think, well, I don't really... I can't ask for more than that no. at this age. You know, if, if that's the person that she's becoming, mm-hmm. that's, um, that's what makes me proudest as well. Really? It's the fact that she's so sort of thoughtful and, and caring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how it's going to look in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as they do something that they enjoy, get satisfaction from. Um, and I hope, I, I think the way that we raise them they will feel this but I hope that they don't feel just to go into a career that sort of gives them a certain lifestyle or a certain because it isn't about that it's it's there's so much more to job well money makes life easier I think everybody can accept it makes life easier it gives you choices absolute choices it does Mm -hmm. not make you happy Um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of making sure that the children can understand that and you know make sure that they choose career paths things that they actually are passionate in Um, I'd recently gone to um, a school um, in in fact Northampton Academy that had won a lot of the awards at the Education and um, I'd given a breakfast talk to some of the students there and um, you know they were sort of asking me about sort of career paths and how did you start it off in law and I said well you know actually I did an English degree and then did the law conversion because my careers advisor said do a degree in something you know you're going to enjoy so it's the same kind of thing you know you you just need to start with a career path or start with you know your GCSEs that you think you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. don't do it because you think it's going to take you on a particular mm. path yeah do the ones you think you're going to enjoy doing um and that then translates through to a levels degree level and then take it from there so I think it yeah. can be quite organic I think there's probably certain careers law isn't one of them actually but there are probably certain careers where you need to have a very defined path mm. yeah. um I imagine medicine yeah I would um, say medicine dentistry architecture yeah. that would be very yeah. defined career path whereas I think there's other careers that it can be more organic and fluid yeah, yeah. um so yeah. I think that's the interesting thing that we need to help the young people who are coming through the education system understand mm-hmm. because I think there's been a one tra- track mindset about it has to be lead all roads lead to uni actually yes. do, <laughs> do you think that Jasmine yeah. <laughs> but does it really does it need because, to yeah. I mean I'm old enough to not to need to have had a degree I was lucky enough to fall into banking mm. and I went and had a year abroad which mm. was great it was my bit of independence came back and joined the bank had all <laughs> intentions of continuing either with education or going back abroad probably the latter if yeah. I'm perfectly <laughs> honest with you at 19 yeah. I ended up in the bank and actually it was the God bank it, there was no sunshine there yeah. Yeah. No, sadly not but it was but it had mm. choices funny you say about money actually mm. it then led me to have my independence because I was earning an income mm-hmm. um, but after I had my children it was time to use the grey matter and that's then when I started doing all of my exams so I was able to to train up on the job it's quite interesting uh, with this whole university I watched then my children go through this as I say one track mindset having to go to uni both of them did fortunately um, I mentioned about Rachel changing and she fell in something she really enjoyed mm. my son had exactly the same um, thought I'm going to go to a uni that a I feel comfortable in and B, do a degree that I really love. And now he's following his passion. Um, I know we're not talking about men today, but it's just children and, yeah. and young people in general. It does need to be something that that they really enjoy. And um, with me, I was had that little itch needing to be scratched that I hadn't been to uni. And I think it's, mm. again, because in my own head, it was like, 
I'm a woman and I never really knew what I was giving up at that time in mm. the early 90s. Um, so I did a master's in finance last year just because and completed that and I'm like, that's to one side. But that's also, I don't know how you ladies feel, that's also a thing in my head that to be credible yes. in my profession, mm. I have to have a formal degree. Now I had a degree because I'm a chartered financial planner, but that didn't mean anything to Do lots people of people. Ask, could you feel that? No one does. self-imposed pressure. It's like and I completely know that it is. <laughs> it's just so strange. I mean, I, I even bought some certificate frames only two weeks ago, thinking I really ought to put something on the wall because I've done all this, put myself through all this pressure, mm-hmm. and it's just tucked in a little envelope. We please do not bend <laughs> <laughs> on the shelf. It doesn't do anything else. So yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And I think that's the thing we need to help people understand that there's so many different choices out there for people. Absolutely, it's in its absence absolutely that is the case with law there are so many different options you do not you know there isn't the straight law degree route. I think I'm sure these teachers were probably ready to kill me when I went and mm. did this talk because I'm saying you don't really need to go to university to have a degree to do it you know in fact we're going to come out there's a lot of debt and you know yes. it's ultimately yeah. you can qualify in different ways now so yeah, yeah. um but yeah I can com- I completely agree it's kind of not all just a particular path university you know that and in fact one of the best lawyers I ever came across was completely utterly non-qualified not one oh, wow. qualification. Yeah, wow. just strategy and logic, and she was absolutely amazing. She, she's, you know, she was incredible. So, you know, just my daughter show. is four, um, and um, like I'm very intentional because I did go to uni, I got a degree. Huh. And, like a couple of my sisters have got masters, and I'm like, hell no! Like seriously, <laughs> I ain't doing that. I'm like, I might do a, a further like because I'm a trainer I might do a further training kind of coaching related qualification might do but I'm just not a great student I'm a last minute dot comma yeah. pull an all nighter but I, I you know I'm, I'm able and can do stuff but I'm just like yeah I definitely put myself with the masters but with my daughter I'm just like and I'm having this conversation with somebody like I'm just looking for what is she gifted in what mm-hmm. does she enjoy and that's what I want to encourage her to do and what Going back to your original question, my hope for her when it comes to the future is that she just feels that whatever she wants to do, she can do it. Yeah. Pretty much. She's like, mommy, I think I want to be a doctor because I like taking care of people. <laughs> and I want to be an astronaut. And, and I'm like, great, darling, you go do it. Like, yeah. do all of them. That's because great. I just want her to think that the world is her oyster. Yes. I don't want her to feel that her gender is what will hold her back. I don't want her to feel that her ethnicity is going to hold her back. You decide what you want to do, set your mind to do it, and you go do it, darling. And mummy's got your back. That's what I want her to think. And that I'm going to help her in whatever way that I can, and her dad too, you know, we'll work with her to achieve. You know, my husband comes from an African background where they do very much believe in, you know, you need to go to university, you need to qualifications, and he doesn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. So he's very much of like, oh, you know, that's the problem. I don't have this qualification. So he's got that mindset. And I know for him, you know, that's something that he... I'm sure he will go and he will get the degree in the end. And maybe that will help him. But then I'm like, is it really that you don't have a degree that's hindering you? Or is it that your belief that you don't have a degree Mm -hmm. is what's hindering you more than the reality? Because I'm like, you look at entrepreneurs, because, you know, I've read books and you just look online, study, whatever. You know, entrepreneurs who are hugely successful, they're such a mixed bag. Absolutely. Some have barely got any education at all. Yes. You know, Richard Branson, I really admire him not a woman, but I still really admire him, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I think, did he barely get GCSEs? He was dyslexic. And at the time when he was at school, yeah, dyslexia meant you were stupid. Mm-hmm. So he hardly got any education, 
very successful, very astute man. We can tell by his results. Yeah. yeah? So for me, I just think it's about actually let's not have these obstacles. You know, my daughter may want to go to uni. If she does, great. But I definitely don't think it's the path. Like I've got a degree in politics and history. Ask me what's going on politically. I just about mm. know about Ukraine having a war. <laughs> like yeah. seriously, like it's not my forte, politics and history. I enjoyed it, but it's the history side that I went in it for. Mm. But you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, it's good to have, but does it really do a whole lot for me? I don't necessarily think so. What I long for is a world where we can, any woman can turn up for a job interview and know that they are being hired for their merit alone and their merit alone. Well, I have a very good story on this, actually. So Mm, when I um, was Mm. poached (laughs) um, from the present, uh, my previous employer to my present uh, place of work, um, I knew, so I was first approached by telephone from a recruiter Mm. and I knew at the time that I was in the very early stages of pregnancy but didn't want to say anything because I thought, no, 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 I'm, you know, Mm. too early on. And we are talking, you know, a matter of weeks pregnant Mm. here. So I thought, no, okay. So I sort of said, okay, well, you know, not interested because I was very happy where I was. Um, But, and he said, okay, I'll send you some information through. I thought, okay, fine. And I knew the firm, that was the thing that interested me. So um, he called, you know, they'd like to see you for an interview. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll see, you know, just give me a few more two more days. Just let me think about it. Mm. I waited for my 12-week scam and I called the recruiter in absolute full confidence that he was going to turn around to me and say, yeah, don't worry, they're not interested. Mm. Um, because I'm telling them I'm, you know, three months pregnant. So, of mm. course, they're not interested. Mm. Why would they be interested in recruiting a partner who is just about to go off on maternity leave? Mm. Um, so I thought, well, you know, it's a... I appreciate it's going to be a no-go. So I call and say, you know, look, just so you know, I'm, I'm actually pregnant. I'm three months pregnant. Um, and he said, okay, leave it with me. I'll come back to you. 20 minutes later, he called back and said, yeah, I've spoken to them. They're not bothered. Um, they wow. really want to see you. That's amazing. Um, oh, and that that alone was the thing that made me think this is where I want to work. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that exactly. was an all-male partnership at that point. Oh, wow. um, we since have, okay. you know, there's, there's two two female members now. Um, but at the time, it was an all-male partnership. And I remember thinking, you know, that says everything that I need to know mm-hmm. yeah. um, because it wasn't, it wasn't a bar. It wasn't mm. a, you know, kind of, no, you can't, you're not joining, you know, because you're, you're you know, you're, you're, you're female, you're pregnant, you're, you're having mm. a family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we know that you have more to give than just kind of, you know, being a, a mum. It's, you know, that's something you do, of course, and you want the most important thing in my whole life, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they saw something else. And I think that says a lot about them mm-hmm. um, and what they could see. But I also think it says a lot about how things are changing. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying it's good. quick. Yeah. But I think it's changing. It's happening. Because yeah. yeah. women shouldn't have to choose, you know? No, yeah. no definitely Why, not. when we are doing the most important job in the world, which is bringing life, yeah. you know, <laughs> why should we be forced to choose yeah. between the career or, you know, progressing and, and um, having a family? And I look back, you know, perhaps to my grandmother and I think well yeah I have absolutely zero doubt that Mm. she would have been just as academically able Mm. as we are now no you know but she just didn't have it just wasn't the option she was a really smart lady Mm. um but just you know wasn't we came from a you know working class mining background it wasn't an option she couldn't she couldn't do that she couldn't go to school she couldn't go off and you know go to university but now it would have been a very 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 different path for her and I yeah. think that's, you know, things, I'm not saying it's happening quickly. I don't think it is. But I think there is a, there is a sea change. 
it's not been that long in history when you think about it has it where we had our mothers grandmothers great-grandmothers fighting for giving us the vote for heaven's sake and here we are now you know and and interestingly when I chose to leave my corporate position was actually as a result of being targeted as a female to go through the the coaching I went through Mm. Because they wanted to consider having more women into um, MD positions and beyond, but mm. it had the opposite effect. What it made me realise is that I wasn't being true to myself. It wasn't just you know, at that time. Mm. Um, sometimes I think if I'd have stayed, perhaps I could have changed things from within, maybe. But actually, I'm really delighted I'm, I'm able to actually do it in the way I want to do it. I have a little story, though, of a previous bank I worked in London. Um, I'm trying to think. Quite a long time ago, well over 10 years ago. Got name just, and shame. No, I don't <laughs> know. I could, because they're no longer in existence. But they're a very small private bank in Belgravia. I'll say no more. No <laughs> We're all Googling up <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wasn't there very long and the reason I wasn't there very long is that the person that had headhunted me to come in he actually didn't stay that long so therefore I didn't really have anyone that I could relate to mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of um, the old boys style network mm-hmm. but it was when I was brought in one day um, just for a general catch-up meeting and the HR manager was in the room I think this is a bit odd why have we got an HR manager in the room here um and and it was just to sort of pull me up over my brightly colored clothes no. that I wore no. <laughs> yeah I just looked down and I thought was well, it really that bad I mean am I turning up in really inappropriate clothes no yeah. I looked across to this lady HR manager and said uh, what am I meant to wear then she said gray or black suits <gasps> okay right then and uh yeah promptly found a job quite quickly afterwards (laughs) um but it was just interesting how the the view is very much the opposite of how I feel we should be showing up showing Mm. up in our true authenticity if I want to wear bright colored clothes fine as long as obviously I'm covering everything up and it's smart and appropriate um and I still feel like that today a little bit I suppose that sort of tainted me because as I see people uh, as advisors really especially men like real suits with ties done up really tightly and I say oh where are you going today you know what type of client are you going to see is it is it in a professional office no no I'm going to someone's house and they're Mm. a retired couple for example and I just just in my head think I wonder what they may be thinking about the fact you're sat there looking completely different to them. Perhaps mm. they'll feel a little uncomfortable. But mm. I, I say no more because I don't want to offend anybody. But it's just that incident has really stayed with me. And now I make sure I wear clothes that I feel that is appropriate to the audience I'm going to see. Mm. That's really key. Yeah. We um, did our um, very first um, summer's camp for teen girls this year. Um, and I was doing, we did it hybrid online in the morning and in-person sessions in the afternoon. And during one of our in online sessions, I'd asked the question, I think for the icebreak, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I got an answer and I'm just like, oh, I've got to write that one down. The response from one of the young ladies was, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but I know who I want to be. Oh, oh I love and that. And you know, just like, I literally felt it. So I was just like, oh my God, that is such a beautiful response. I want to be kind. You know, you described your mm. daughter, you know, and she had qualities that she knew she wanted to possess as a, an adult. Wasn't sure on what career, but she knew who she wanted to be. And I just thought, as you were saying, you know, that really is something I think we are missing mm. in what we're, um, 
molding our young people, our young girls, especially, I'm going to say, you know, it's International yeah. Women's Day, we're celebrating that to be because, you know, they're so caught up on, I always talk about, you know, the ability to contour and look perfect. And yes. Filter and, you oh, know, yeah. give this illusion of perfection, whatever that may be, you know, and to be having this rock star, I don't know what words to use necessarily, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But who are you? You know, are you yeah. a person that someone would want to be their best friend? And it's like, you know, the the the, the personal aspect of things, I do think there's a lack of focus on that. And I think it's got such an imbalance. And I think that's the problem with so social media. I know we're not here to talk about social media, but that's the, big that thing. Is the problem with, mm. yeah. you know, look, I am very out of date and I have never been on any kind of social media. Oh, wow. So I believe it's all now sort of, it's Instagram, isn't it? And yeah. it's, you know, TikTok, etc. But I, so it's not something that I've ever been involved with for a very, very specific reason. Mm. Because I do believe that that is misrepresenting real life. Mm. Really so is. my real life this morning actually consisted of trying to get two children to brush their teeth. My seven-year-old crying because I was brushing her hair too hard <laughs> with me saying, well, if you brushed it yourself, it wouldn't be a problem. You know, scraping <laughs> her hair back and you know kind of wrangling children out of the, you know it's this yeah. real life uh -huh. isn't a snapshot it's right. not you know so I think you know the postings that you see on I mean obviously because I see things that are on um, social media yeah. in, and you know that's it's not real life and I think it's it's almost perpetuating a false myth about a lifestyle that people have yep. and are living mm -hmm. and yep. I think it puts pressure on people women yeah. to attain that lifestyle but that isn't real it's 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 a second in time yeah, before yeah. you know suddenly everybody's then breaking away from that perfect snapshot that perfect pose to suddenly start you know kind of arguing with one another or yeah. you know the children screaming <laughs> yeah. so and I so I'm really you know keen just to sort of focus on real reality <laughs> real rather than life. what is kind of you yeah. know so it's pretty much what what you're saying focus on kind mm. of you know being Authentic. genuine and authentic yeah, yeah. and it's, I mean it's nice because I'm I'm have a challenge because my team always like you know you need to do more on social media and I'm like because I have in my mind this oh the fakery I ain't got mm. time for it yeah but I'm um, realizing that actually you know what there are some people thank goodness there are some people that are really genuine and I don't necessarily follow them to a great degree because I'm not big on social media although I have a presence um so like Stacey Solomon she has like a massive following on social media and it's largely because she is someone that will really show you what she looks like yeah. in the morning. And she's not just showing this perfection and this, oh my God, I'm so, you know, amazingly contoured and I, I look like this all the time. And so people really do resonate with that and therefore they follow her in the droves because yes, you've still got people that have the illusions of perfection appearing and being followed in great numbers, but... It just shows That's that people want reality. Yeah. And so my challenge is actually kind of retraining my brain to think, actually, Jazz, just be you. Just show up. And I did get, I had a challenge. I'm going to have to challenge myself again to get on there. Of just posting each day, like, with a, a message, you know, what I tell my younger self, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I did it for the month of October. And so sometimes I do it at night. You know, I did it with no makeup. Because my thing was, oh, I can't put makeup on every day. To talk. I'm like, I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> and then actually I showed up and I just, I was like, had no makeup. And do you know what? It was fine. So it's like, it you don't matter. have to conform to that. And again, it's just kind of realizing this mask, take it off, just yeah. be who you want to be, be yourself. 
and let that go. And then everybody looking at that will go, oh, I can breathe. Because yeah. I'm like that too. Yeah. That person, I so get that person. Exactly. It does worry me about the, as you say, contoured eyebrows and everything else that you see. Oh, on the, the pout. The, the pout. The pout mm-hmm. the, that you can tell that the, the picture's been taken from up high so it looks good and there's no chins and things Take like that. 10 million shots to get that perfect. <laughs> You're yeah. describing yeah. saying that is not the picture that's taken on the way to this office, which was at a very odd <laughs> angle. <laughs> looking oh, slightly yeah. deformed and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Coming into the office. Yeah, I did die. Oh, yeah. Mm. That <laughs> oh, yeah we, 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 that's what we're going to be promoting. In the yeah, 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 yeah. That's why that's there. I, I did oh, it. Thanks, yeah, As it was right. taken, Fraser said, say cheese, and I did. I tend to step away from that because I don't need to see that at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know what you look like. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've, oh, yeah, exactly. I don't need it. Mm. Jazz, you were saying about that lady, that young person that yeah. was out, um, said she knows how she wants to feel or mm. how she wants to be. Mm. I think that's amazing. Isn't and it? It, I, and also, it came on a camp you mentioned as well. Summer camp we had, yeah. Summer camp, because I'm a scout leader. And ah. one of the things that I'm really passionate about is the fact that you can show up on a camp, no makeup, you mm. know, clothes that have got mud all over them. And it really doesn't matter. Mm. And I think that's helped me be grounded in the career I've had as well. Mm. But you do see true, true, true authenticity when you're wet, when you're cold, when you're tired. Mm. And you just, you know, tempers fray. Not us, because of course we're leaders and we're grateful. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> we just don't let the kids see it. Mm. But then you see them and it's a whole of humanity playing out in front of your eyes. And mm. it is just really fascinating. And it's co-education scouting now so you've got boys and girls together mm. and um, and I just love watching them grow into really grounded young people yeah. as they go into their adult what I would love to know mm. is what this girl's parents what tools what mm. you know yeah. support they've given her to, for her at that age I we didn't actually establish her age maybe maybe she was 18 19 Okay. Oh wow. At that age to have that view and have that, I'm really keen because that's my thing. It's we're we're raising for me and for you actually as well, Jasmine. Raising young young families. Obviously, your your children are older older now. (laughs) Um, It's kind of whenever I see very what I think are very sort of lovely children, you know, adult children. How how have you done this? Tell me (laughs) what what do you do? How do you get from this point I'm at to where you you're at? And be really interesting to know. the sort of support obviously you'll never know but be really what what do you say how do you nurture that um as being that real value that self-worth yeah um yeah we were on holiday the other the other week and mm. I took my littlest girl to spa treatment which is really ridiculous <laughs> oh, I <laughs> that's what I did I so that. and I said to the ladies it was a sort of joint treatment and I said to the ladies you know this is totally ridiculous introducing her to this at this age I mean this no. and the ladies said to me no it Not shows you are you are showing her what self worth well, is, yeah. mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I like that. That yeah. makes me feel completely less ridiculous about doing this. <laughs> um, she yeah. was sitting there enjoying it, but and I think it's about that. It's about us understanding yeah. what our worth and our value to ourselves is. It's, mm. it's you know. So as, from a, from a money point of view, as women, we tend not to spend money on ourselves. We feel guilty. Yeah. We got families, we got partners, husbands, whatnot, and we're going. No, we can't spend money on ourselves. What do you mean? Have our nails done? Oh my goodness, no. How much? Mm. Can't go to the spa. Mm. But actually, the the health way to do this and this would be good to introduce is um, if you've got income coming in to divide it up into different pots so you have your um, your traditional essential expenditure pot you have maybe your 
longer term savings pot then you have a guilt-free spending pot mm. that you put a percentage of your money into and the whole sole purpose of it is to spend it on yourself mm-hmm. by the end of the month whether that's a massage or oh, so hang on header. it's mm-hmm. it's an attainment it's a target okay suddenly absolutely. i love this absolutely and it could be five ten percent i mean we um yeah. i do a program with mm. which i build my coaching and my money um coaching into with mm. my financials i kind of meld the three together yeah. and um and and as part of that one of the tools that we give is to help people understand how to budget correctly and how to actually move money as a, a flow really so money comes in and actually you shouldn't just leave it pooling in one place it mm. should be designed to be yeah. divided up into different yeah. areas so that it's a healthy way of being able to treat yourself know your self-worth and it is very much down to that because yeah. we don't do that on ourselves and that's where then we start to go into careers and we start doubting ourselves imposter syndrome imposter. comes in yeah, yeah. Mm. so that it's just like a little tiny tool to help with that side of things and if you're introducing your daughter seven is your seven-year-old that yeah, you took was it, it. <laughs> i can't imagine doing that i just remember my mum putting me in leotard and going to jane fonda classes that's about the closest <laughs> i got in the 70s to that kind of thing but anyway um, oh yeah it was also not the way i was raised <laughs> just to be absolutely clear i felt really grown up with these leotards on i have to say but it was no spa treatment but never mind well, it's like with my daughter yesterday, we went out for dinner. So I'm doing my makeup with my husband's turn 40 yesterday. So we're going out for a nice meal. And then my daughter's like, Mommy, I want some of that on my eyes. She's four. And so I'm really <laughs> like, oh, like, but if I'm doing my nails, Mommy, I want that. To, and obviously, she just, I'm just like, just let her enjoy it. So I did. I put a little bit of eyeshadow on. She's like, Mommy, do I look beautiful? I was like, no, you don't look beautiful. You look more beautiful because you're already oh my beautiful. Goodness. And so I'm really intentional about her understanding. Yeah. Makeup doesn't make you beautiful, yes. darling. You have that naturally. Mm-hmm. What the makeup does is, I even talked about it, it accentuates your beauty. Can you say the word? Accentuate? It's like she's four. Accentuate. But I want her to understand understand she's building on what she has but it's not what makes her and it's like people might think she's four like please but it starts when they're really young I get my daughter saying affirmations so she'll tell you I am smart I am kind I I am beautiful I am strong and I can be anything oh my my. four-year-old because I understand how the difference they made for me when I had self-esteem issues by confessing these things over myself daily it helps me just find myself and view myself in a healthy way and I'm like let's start while they're young so I think it's great that you've got her understanding that our bodies are temple you know Mm. so we need to take care of it that's actually just pouring back in to what we take out when we have a massage Mm -hmm. I taught a session on that you know talking about how to you know find life's balance and it had a really beautiful image of like a bucket and you know what comes in and then what comes out and we you know work and gym and all these things they actually deplete us but what are we putting in and mm-hmm. I think as women, mm-hmm. we're really bad, kind of what you're saying, yeah. with that pouring into ourselves. And when we do, it may be more the clothes and the makeup, but actually does that really replenish me? Mm-hmm. No, but the massage does. Yeah. So that's yeah. actually really, really good, I think. I just, I often think, exactly what you're saying, you know, there's so many tabs open in my brain. There's so many different <laughs> things I've got to, gifts for people, presents, birthdays, you know, kind of, uh, on top of everything else that you've got going yeah. on. So yeah, there's sometimes often a lack of 
time for us Mm -hmm. and that's my goal for 2022 I've said do less to achieve more Mm -hmm. because I've realized oh 2021 I ran myself ragged and I'm like I I did achieve things some really great things but I'm still like I was really tired so I'm just like right (laughs) this year hasn't started too great it's been a bit busy but I'm like okay I've got to pull it back as soon as I can pull it back to my mindset because I'm like I need to just have time for me I want to be able to read my book every night before I go to bed I mean little Mm -hmm. things just create that time for myself earlier this year I was like to my husband right that's it no disturbances Whatever you guys want to do, do it. I'm in the room. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> do not talk to uh, me. Yeah, I want just peace and quiet. You know, and it's just important just to carve that time out for ourselves. Yeah. And mindfulness can come in many different things as well. Yeah. So you can be mindful by doing. If you're a creative person, or even if you're not, but actually find something creative, that can be incredibly mindful. So I learned how to paint in lockdown. Mm. And I love that. I love the, my or anything to do with mosaicing, knitting, anything that's kind of doing it. But I'm yeah. thinking it's switch off time for me as that's well. It. And that's really what I want to continue to doing that you were saying about slowing down to be able to be more productive somebody said to me recently you slow down to speed up and I and and I was sort of thinking about it yeah actually if you think about you slow down you pull back and uh, a slingshot or something you actually pull back slowly let go and suddenly you can speed or speed up I thought yeah that's so true so I keep thinking that in my head slow down to speed up so that I I can replenish um Mm. but as you say is it it's I think part of it is knowing it the next step is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact we know it is that's great. That's a big step, isn't yeah. it? Um, we can at least then try to can. do it. Yeah. yeah. I certainly, this year, my, my change has been going to bed earlier. So I used to have to wait and oh, I felt like I had to wait till my husband went to bed. Mm. But he's a night owl by default. That's what he does. He doesn't, you know, he likes to have a little slice of cheese before he goes to bed and stuff. Mm. You know, just chill out. I thought, well, I don't really want that. I don't. And I was so tired in the morning and I'm, I get up earlier than he does. I thought, mm. right, I'm just going to go to bed. So it works out really well now. So I get the sleep. And I think that's also part of it. Mm. If you if you get that replenishment of sleep in you, you're mm-hmm. able to then help mm. other people mm. in your jobs, in your families, um, wherever you're helping, basically. So Yeah. So thanks for that, Samantha. It's been lovely talking to you ladies today. So just to finish off, one last question. Mm-hmm. In one word, what would you use to describe International Women's Day? Um, I think for me, I would say it's to inspire each other lovely i think i would say empowerment lovely and you've got the the difficult one because you're the last i I can't pick one yeah so can i be greedy and have three (laughs) (laughs) focus it's a chance for us to focus on women to celebrate to celebrate the wonderful achievements that we've made and i think also to inspire to inspire us to achieve more to do more and to be more Thank you again for taking the time to join us. Um, And Jasmine, Rachel, Samantha, thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. We all want the bare necessities of life. To have a place we can call home. To have a family that's happy and united. To have protection for your loved ones. To have a good job where you're valued. But life is full of ups and downs. And sometimes we all need a bit of friendly legal expertise to smooth things out. Visit our website to find out more. Wilson Brown Solicitors. We're all the help you need. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Samantha, Rachel and Jasmine for taking the time out to join us in celebrating International Women's Day. Join me on next month's episode where we'll be discussing all things finance.